Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Let's Go Eat Show. Hi, hey, 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 how are you? Hi, this is Bill Allred, and uh, you want to hear a couple of guys with a, well, a couple of guys arguing a lot. Uh, in a, a really in a good way, but we're arguing. Uh, that's what you'll hear on this episode of the show uh, with my guest Dave Owen. He's a political consultant. He's a conservative. I am not a conservative. I've known him for a long time, and we are able to sit and argue about policies and things, and and still like each other. And as Dave says at some point, I think toward the end of the interview, that's a lost art. People can argue and still like each other and get along. Uh, the producer of the Let's Go Eat Show podcast, Dylan Allred, also throws in a few succinct and uh, uh, pointed questions in the interview. I hope you enjoy it. So, without... Oh, one other thing. If you listen to the Let's Go Eat Show podcast and you like it, please let those you know those mechanisms where you can rate it and all of that right right that's right okay and share it with your friends go yeah. on facebook yeah. tell them about it yeah. it would help us out yeah thanks Dylan. do all of that okay without further ado here is dave owen political consultant on the let's go eat show you know you you're an observer of the political scene and uh and you've worked on political campaigns here and elsewhere and um, and marketing campaigns for in politics in Canada. So, you know, in a in a broad sense, what's going on? And I told Chaffetz I'll be able to use all the good lines that I give him that he doesn't use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should do that. It's uh, got to get, yeah. get real close to the mic. They're not very good, and you can you know move it closer to you if you want. I was on a plane with Chaffetz last week, coming back from New York. Did you chat with him? I did not. I tried to think of something. He took a picture of him in the. I took a, like a like a. Sne- a sneaky picture. Sneaky picture of him. Um, Al Franken kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. With, he was asleep when Dylan put his hands on his boobs. There, there, there was a moment when I was coming back from the bathroom. and It was a o- late night flight and he was asleep and I kind of thought, no, I don't know. All right. So we're ro- are we rolling? Yeah. Uh, this, uh, so we're talking with our... Uh, Do you edit this? No. no. God, no. As a matter of fact, what, what we just said will be on the oh podcast. Yep. Yeah. So just watch your watch your mouth. No, you can swear because it's a podcast. That's what I thought. Yeah, so if you want to swear, you can. But no editing. So if you slip up and reveal a, uh, you know, some deep, dark political secret that nobody's supposed like to you know. You have the video of Donald Trump in Russia. Uh, and Dave, Dave, then I just like, burn the place down. Something yeah, like tonight. that. Uh, Dave Owen uh, is our guest on uh, the Let's Go Eat show. And uh, Dave is a – is it fair to call you – I mean, is that what we call you, a political consultant? Yeah, yeah, I am. You consult on political races, uh, political campaigns. Uh, a lot here in Utah, but you you do it elsewhere as well, right? I have, yeah. And what's a, you're, you have a you have a firm? It's Owen Owen Communications. Owen Communications LLC. And uh, and uh, so being a political consultant means you play a lot of golf. This is true. <laughs> I mean, really, until I hurt my back. Yeah, about uh oh, two months ago. Did that hurt your business to not be able to go out? <laughs> of, there, I guess there are other ways. It hurt my attitude. <laughs> there are other ways to. Uh, to deal with politics, yes. uh, but uh, and I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll not, I, I mean, do you care to say some of the campaigns you've worked on? Yeah, I don't care. I mean, yeah. some of them have been open. Um, I uh, obviously where I kind of, I'll, I'll go back to the beginning. Okay, I began uh, because I got upset about the public funding of the Olympics. That's, this is where you began back your in 1989 consulting work. What were yeah. you doing? What were you doing before then, Dave? I was in the trade show business for 
over oh, 10 years. Really? The Kind of the custom booth area. Setting, setting up booths for people and stuff well, like that. Well, we designed and built them designed, and then yeah, went to right. various shows and so forth. Mm-hmm. I think I did know that. And yep. you, you told me about that once and you sold the company, I think, for a... Well, no. No? Um, I actually just kind of phased out of it. But um, what happened is that for about 10 years, I did politics, sometimes paid, but it was more of an avocation. Mm-hmm. There's a great story about that that I will not tell you on this podcast, but it's <laughs> going to go in my book someday. Um, and and I did it for about 10 years. And then in 99, uh, transitioned uh, and went to work for the Summit Group, which is an advertising right. PR firm here in, in Salt Lake and was there for five years. And, uh, you know, they showed me the door. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. But, well, you know, we, we've had enough of your attitude. It wasn't quite that. But uh, <laughs> since then, I've been on my own as Owen Communications. Uh, now, uh, so, so just can you describe to people so what let me you go do? back. Yeah. So in 89, I worked on this thing. And you know Steve Pace probably mm-hmm. and some others. We had this little group called Utahns for Responsible Public Spending. We were right. It's because of the Olympics. The public subsidy. I didn't have anything against the Olympics. I had, I had a problem with tax dollars going to the Olympics. And as it turned out, okay, here I'll name drop for you because this will lead to some mm-hmm. of other, other, other things that I do. One day, I was actually uh, consulted with Nordstrom. When they were trying to move over to the to the uh, gateway, yeah. And one day I was walking with Blake Nordstrom. There's a name drop for you. Mm-hmm. And he said, "So, Dave, what'd you think of the Olympics?" And I said, "Well, Blake, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask." And he mm-hmm. said, "Why is that?" And I said, "Well, because I started in politics by opposing public funding at the Olympics." Mm-hmm. And he was very interested. Such an engaging guy, mm-hmm. truly a remarkable person. And he said, "Well, tell me more about that. What do you mean?" And I said, "Well." I go, let me give you an example. According to their own numbers, the Salt Lake Organizing Committee sold one million tickets to the Salt Lake Winter Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. The federal subsidy to the games was in excess of $800 million. Now, does that include uh, the uh, rebuild of I-15, the tracks, lines, all of that? Exclusive of transportation. Okay. And I said, so in other words, the U.S. taxpayer subsidized – Every single Olympic ticket to the tune of $800. And I said, we don't do that for the Super Bowl. You know, we don't do that for the NBA All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just simply – and he, he laughed and he said, well, he goes, to tell you the truth, I like a good public subsidy as much as the next guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, if you yeah. know how Nordstrom does so well uh, with that kind of thing, actually mm-hmm. it's the d- developers, not them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, I can see your point. So that kind of summarizes what my issue was with all of that. Just to just to be f- clear about this, though, uh, it should be no surprise that that's what happens. That happens with every Olympic Games, does it not? Oh, it does. Yeah, I mean, and it's no gotten to where the point where the they world. almost can't give them away. So, of course, Salt Lake City's getting in line to take them again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so from there in 1992, I knew this guy named Mike Levitt from my neighborhood. I've heard of him. I kind of knew him, and I found out that guy was running for for uh, governor. Mm-hmm. And I went to him, and I said, you know, I'd really like – because I, I could do this politics thing, and I like doing it. And I'd been involved in a lot of stuff just as a citizen activist, watchdog, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing for about three years. And um, it was – I won't go through the whole story. It was really funny. He said what all politicians do. Yeah, that'll be great. And then I didn't hear anything from him. And so one day I stopped by his insurance office, which is down by the where um, whatever the ballpark's called now, Smiths, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I said, "Look, Mike, I'm going to go help somebody else." 
You know, I want to and we have this conversation. He goes, Dave, I just don't think I think you're more conservative than I am. And I said, is yeah. that true? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh. And, and true to this day. Yeah, but Mike Levitt was kind of a liberal for Utah governor. Moderate. I wouldn't say liberal. Moderate, but, yeah. but anyway, uh, he's not particularly ideological on conservative principles. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he would say that. I don't mean it as an insult. Mm-hmm. And I said at the time, Mike, you're running for governor. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I like you. And I trust you. I think highly of you. And so I really want to see a gubernatorial campaign. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, even though it was unpaid at the time, I got access to things that I would have never had access and ended up being inner circle on that campaign, privy to the conversations between a great consultant named Eddie Mai and uh, the late Chuck Sellier, who was a filmmaker who became involved because he really liked Mike also, Mm -hmm. and Bud Scruggs, who's still around, and of course, Dan Jones Mm -hmm. and LeVar Webb, who was the campaign manager. And so I always say that I kind of got my master's degree um, in 1992. Is it so? So, so you that yeah, gives you your start. How does how do you do clients come to you or or do you do they do what? now they do now yeah uh, but you had to go like you did with Mike Levitt kind of kind of say I hey went and inserted me. myself yeah. and then in 1994 there was this woman running for Congress named uh, Enid Waldholz mm-hmm. and uh, I was observing that race another long story and I'll try to cut to the chase my narrative style is not conducive to this format. Um, but no, uh, it is entire. No, it really is. But it's about sitting around talking for as long as you want. Yeah, yeah, but I'm being really short. But anyway, so, um, I had observed this campaign and one day I went down and talked with her campaign manager for some uh, reason. I just kind of wanted to know what was going on. And he showed me the campaign and told me why they were going to win. And I said, well, you're not, you know, you're down 10 points in a three-way race. If you recall, Merrill Cook was in that race and he, uh, he was self-financed at the time. And I said, you know, you're in trouble right now. And finally, after about two hours, this guy kind of his defenses were down and he said, "Okay, well, what would you do? And I said, well, whoever's doing your ads is killing you. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, that's the firm. It's one of the best in the country. Mm -hmm. They're they're recommended by the NRCC and thus began my war with the NRCC, which has lasted to this day. The the, uh, uh, National Republican Republican Congressional Congressional Committee. Committee. And um, and I said, I don't care who they are. And I don't care who recommended them. They're killing you. And the reason was every single one of those ads, and most of your listeners may not be old enough to remember this, but it was Enid on camera. And all I could hear was, I'm the smarter than you. I'm the smartest person here. I'm so smart. I just can't even believe how smart I am. I'm way smarter than and you. And she is. And she, she is. She is but very, don't very smart. put that in commercials. She didn't literally right. do that, but that was yeah. the message. And mm-hmm. so uh, – this guy, Dave Harmer, said, well, well, what do we do? And I said, there's only one out- outside consultant in the world who understands Utah, and that's Eddie Mai, who's just this little man who look- – I've always described him as looking like a bad junior high principal. <laughs> and, and I'm a guy – I'm a bright guy. I value intelligence in others, which is why I've always liked you, Bill. Oh, Dave, How's that? thanks so much. Is there a stinger that for that? That was great. <sighs> <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, Eddie is top five. In my lifetime, mm-hmm. the people that I've known that are just incredible minds. Mm-hmm. And uh, you wouldn't pick them out of a police lineup, not in a million years. And so as chance would have it, the NRCC the next day was sponsoring 
uh, bridge line that you could call in at various hours of the day and some high-dollar political consultant would be on the other end of the line and campaigns all over the country could ask them questions. Mm-hmm. What do we do about this? Our campaign isn't going that? so well, so what yeah, do we, we do? we need some yeah. help with okay. blah, blah, blah. Well, the two guys from Enid's campaign ring on and guess who the consultant is? Eddie Munn. Eddie Munn. So they immediately realized that I'm right about this guy. As it happened, he was coming that weekend uh, to meet with uh, Governor Levitt on some issues that he was working on outside the governor's office. And um, they, we put a, a meeting together, and, of course, the rest is history. And you know all the – so I was – I had a front row. I have a friend. Did you ever do a show with Spencer Stokes? Well, I was just going to uh, mention Spencer Stokes. Uh, yes, we did. Uh, what a – just a giant of a intellect he has, and he's really And great. what a delight. Yes, He's absolutely charming. It was so sad the two years that he was in Washington, D.C., because the legislative session up here was so much more boring without the presence yeah, of Spencer Stokes, who always has eight different things going. Well, he's introduced me before as, this is Dave Owen. He's never been further than eight feet from any major political scandal in the state of Utah, which sadly is kind of true when I look back through my um, through my career. But anyway, I won't go through the whole thing with Enid. We spent $2 million illegal dollars as it turned out. Uh, oh, and no, I didn't was, know. That was her husband's uh, uh, fault. Embezzlement yeah. and mm-hmm. so forth. And, oh, that's right. And he was taking money from his family. I had the experience of being it. interviewed in my office for three and a half hours by the FBI. Really? Which has left me to this day amazed that people lie to them. I would have confessed to anything. They're very thorough. And, and they were very nice. And uh, luckily... Everything that I, I had done mm-hmm. from the time we engaged was with, with five weeks to go, Enid's down 10 in a three-way race. Election day, she wins by 10, yeah. which was a huge turnaround. That was a, a, interesting, too. And I, I wondered uh, how anybody d- – didn't anybody ever say to her, you know, this guy that's your husband – I mean, because he, he, even if you didn't yes, know did. what was happening, they did. W- the embezzling of the money from his own family, he was just creepy. Yeah, well, and, and people did. And uh, I know Enid. She's a dear friend to this day. I know you know her and like her. She's very sweet. And, and, very nice. And unfortunately, love is blind. I mean, people do stupid stuff. She probably would say to herself, she, I don't know how, I, how, how that she happened. She did. Yeah. And then my conclusion, I'll never forget, is my, the conclusion of my interview with the FBI, the guy says, so, Dave, can you think, he gives me the catch-all question, can you think of anything that you know in which the congresswoman's statements publicly have varied from what you know to be the truth? Uh-huh. And I looked at the agents and I said, if you want to talk woulda, coulda, and shoulda, she's guilty as hell. And they said, nope, just the facts. Just just what she said. We're interested yeah. in the facts. Yeah. And I said, then I know nothing that would mm-hmm. indicate that she was in on it. That's, I think it's interesting. That's fascinating to me that they're so square. And they are. They're just that you know they don't let's we, no yeah, no, they no. Looking we don't want innuendo. rumor we don't want rumor we don't no. want any of that opinuendo yeah um they weren't looking for that i had documentation of all the people that chuck and i i brought chuck sellier and eddie my into that campaign mm-hmm. and we had done the ads and we had everything substantiated that it was paid from the campaign and that no donations had been made you know off the books or anything like that so when did you when did you start getting Really paid for well, doing I got this. paid for that. Okay, and then in 1995, I ran uh, Rich McKeon, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we, very nice guy. We ran. I shouldn't say it was just me, though mm-hmm. I was the motive force there. Mm-hmm. Ran him for mayor against mm-hmm. Didi Corradini. Mm-hmm. Um, had the election been held on Halloween, <laughs> we would have won. It, this, these are very big learning experience, or as they say at the Nordstrom organization, these were big learnings. So you were uh, uh, up in the polls at Halloween? Not the polls. It, was, yeah, it wasn't so much the polls. It was the feel. We knew where we, I could tell where we were. Mm-hmm. And um, and what in happened? that last week, Didi, absolutely. I don't. I, you know, um, Kathy Beeley. I know the name. Okay, with City Weekly, she's. I don't know as, oh, yeah, if yeah. she's as active now as she mm-hmm. was, but at that time, she interviewed me one time about Didi, and I've. I now do media training for people, and one of the things I say is the mic is always open. Yep. You don't ever say anything that you don't want in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. I said to Kathy Beely in what I thought was an off-the-record conversation, she has brass ovaries. Brass ovaries. That, well, that Dee Dee yeah. had brass ovaries. Well, yeah. Because that's uh, a take on, I mean, you got it balls, appeared, balls made out of it brass. Appeared, yeah. It appeared in the City Weekly. That was mm-hmm. you know, one of my many low points. So so you think that Quite that tasteless. was... that? Yeah, it was tasteless. Do you, do you, do you consider that as... Uh, giving her a boost in the no in no the, no 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 that that, that was uh, years later no oh, I'm crediting Dee Dee I'm crediting okay. Dee for uh, she was ill two weeks to go and I mean she sucked it up and went to a gear that nobody knew she had in fairness I will say that a whole bunch of power brokers in the community dumped money we got outspent three to one mm-hmm. and most of it was down that final stretch Is and it? she turned the thing so money. Money, 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 money in political campaigns. Does it most of the time make the difference? Some of the time make the difference or always make the difference? Oh, some of the time, you know. I mean, it's always necessary. You always have to have money to be able to run. Yeah. Um, but it's not always the, the defining. Uh, now, now the statisticians, pollsters will tell you that 80% of the time, the candidate with the most money wins. Mm-hmm. And and that's true, but they're probably an incumbent. There are probably other reasons. That's probably sure. not causal. It's probably relational. Mm-hmm. And uh, but here's what I think. Uh, after many many years in this business, um, I participated in. A, I got a call, you know, just before the ballots dropped in a municipal race this year, mm-hmm. and somebody who wanted to uh, participate. And so I got a bunch of money from them and went and participated, and um, and we turned that election. We couldn't have done that. And no, I won't. This one I won't. Okay, talk you won't about. say who but, or but, yeah. But, but this one we did that because I was able to verify. Uh, I was able to divine very quickly that it was a very close race. Mm-hmm. If it had been a twenty-point race, we couldn't have done it. But if it was, it was close enough, if you had some money to shoot at it, yes. to pour, pour into it, yeah, you could we win. were able money at the margin. I mm-hmm. call it money at the margin. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, campaigns are changing radically. And the two big things are social media, which you're well aware of, yep. and secondly is the mail-in ballot. Yeah, um, that has changed the dynamic of campaigns. I mean, I can't. I even think tell people. You. I think people don't really even still know how to. Pol- people in politics are still not are still wrestling with how to deal with the ma- mail in ballot and well, and, and the, where to put your money and your effort at what time because and because of Obama in 2012, um, the Democrats have been ahead of the Republicans on that curve. Hmm. 
of actually understanding how to deal with mail-in ballots, the fact that you really can. Um, you know, Obama 2012, there's a, an article that I encourage anybody who practices politics at any level to read. And it was in the Atlantic. It was, um, I can't remember the author's name, though I know it. And it's an article called When the Nerds Go Marching In. <laughs> and uh, it was in the Atlantic I, I, oh, I read this. after I, the election. Yeah, I think and you it, had it was, recommended it to I me. I think I, I read did. It, yeah. it was the story of the data operation yeah. for Obama 2012. Mm-hmm. Alexis Madrigal. Yeah, yeah, Madrigal. For the Atlantic. Madrigal. That's right. And and uh, an excellent article. Number one, incredibly well written, I mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Very engaging all the way through. But then it's an interest. It's a topic of interest to me. But it was still, I thought, very well done. Mm-hmm. And the story of the Obama data operation. In, 20, in 2008, they had already done things that nobody had even thought of before. In 2012, they took that geometric. Mm-hmm. And, and it was an incredible, incredible operation. How they figure out how the, it's almost it's math. Me- doing math. doing metrics and yeah. how to when to do what moneyball yeah and the other reason yeah. they were smarter than the republicans is because i've watched this for years in dc with my good friends at the nrcc most republican firms in the political industrial complex back in you know the beltway mm-hmm. um they would say oh yeah we've got a guy who does social media well, it was some 23 year old who was on facebook and, 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 pro- and maybe an even expert. unpaid, you know. Um, yeah, they oh, would say, "Oh, yeah, we can do that." Oh, oh you mean like that guy that uh, Trump has? Uh, he was just doing social media for us uh, and, <laughs> and going to Russia and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good yeah. What's that guy's name? Uh, oh, that was amazing on yeah. sixty Minutes. Yeah, that was a very, very good piece. Now we just hired him to do so, do social media. Well, what's he doing in Russia? But see, yeah. that's what the Obama people did. That was so smart. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Republicans were busy using their same guys. Same people. Here, go do social media. Mm-hmm. Um, the head of the data operation, and this was something that really stood out to me in that article in 2012, and I don't remember the guy's name, is he looked at 2012 as they went into that cycle and they said, what we did last time is not enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. Really? So he actually went out and got, <laughs> and I don't remember the guy. It's been long <laughs> enough since I've read this. You know the guy, that's the featured performer in the article. The yeah. guy. Yeah, I can't. And then that. he went and recruited all these guys out of Seattle and mm-hmm. Silicon Valley and the Harper uh, Reed, Dylan Richard. Harper or, Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Harper mm-hmm. Reed. And they went and got him. And this guy, and this is something you just don't see in politics. This guy with the Obama campaign who had won in, 20, in 2008 mm-hmm. says, I don't know how to take us to this next level. So this is now developed beyond my abilities. I'm going to bring somebody else in mm-hmm. who may outshine me, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And you just don't see that in politics. Yeah. Yeah. No. People are so I, protective of their turf. Yeah, Dylan. We're talking about mail-in ballots. Isn't that almost obsolete? I mean, at some point soon it's going to be you log on to your state portal you and you just vote from your phone. Computer or your phone. I think you should right? text a number. Yeah. You should text a message right. to – yeah. Well, Abe did it. Works for American Idol. Works for American Idol. Why not? Uh, something like that will develop, I would assume. Yeah, they will. Um, there, there's a lot of resistance to it. And part of it is this last election. I mean, a lot of talk about hacking, which, by the way, I don't buy. But, um, you know, the, the security. And then you have, uh, who is it, Equifax? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, loses 300 million names or something like that. Okay, let's talk about the fact that you don't buy that there was hacking in the election. It, 
Define hacking. You, you, you keep saying, well, meddling around, trying to stir things up is what no, I no, would say. No, that's no, not what no. he means. This is, this hacking is, means breaking into somebody's server through a back well, they door. Well, they have done that. They, no, but, they broke but, into Hillary Clinton's uh, stuff. I, I don't believe they did. Well, then where did all those emails come I believe from? It what was about the emails, Dave? I honestly believe that, she they, turned them over. that the DNC, the DNC was not hacked. Number one, Podesta was fished. He wasn't hacked. Okay, so that's part of it. The other part of it is we now know from Donna Brazil what was going on behind the scenes at the DNC. Yeah, that was kind of I weird. believe there was a disgruntled Bernie supporter. Who who, who gave him uh, away. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so but anyway, let's talk about the uh, – you say that you don't believe – how about the Russian meddling? Uh, that's what oh, I – Oh, of course they when did. When you said that, but well, this, that's what I'm talking but about. There was actually a good I'll, – I'll email it to you. There was actually a good piece, I believe, in the New Yorker the other day that somebody sent me. And um, it was somebody who's not on my side of things politically who said, can we please get over this? This is ridiculous. Most of those ads on Facebook ran after the election, um, you know, went through a whole bunch of things and talked about how it's much ado about nothing. But, I, but, but, I, but you, you have well, to. Did Putin want a medal? Yeah, he did. You, yeah, and he, it's not that he thinks he can he really it doesn't he doesn't even care who he sways the vote no, for exactly. he just wants to stir shit up that's the problem that's, that's what, what it is nobody got he was just he just likes to he stir was shit doing up. donuts on the lawn and and when he stirs <laughs> shit, yeah yeah and then when he stirs stuff up that's that has an effect on the election well uh, we can, and they we say can curse? they say the same thing happened with the uh, the brexit vote. we can curse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what yeah. was it uh segretti or whoever it was in watergate they referred to it as rat fucking yeah that's exactly what Putin was doing. Mm-hmm. If if he got Trump, great. If he got Hillary, let's weaken her. Mm-hmm. You know, and and let's 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 just cause trouble. And I I, I believe that. That's I, fine. I think what is interesting about this whole thing is how um, gullible the Trump, all the Trump people have been. Because they st- Putin stirs the shit up, and they and they go along with it. They fall into these traps that he sets. They say, you know, uh, Jared Kushner takes meetings with these people. Uh, yeah, but, but see, this is here's re- the thing, Here, Bill. I have a different perspective on that. This Papadopoulos or whatever yeah. is mm-hmm. Snuffleupagus. He was uh, okay. There, even around the campaigns that I've been on, and I've never been on a presidential, which is orders of magnitude bigger. But even on a, a governor's race or a congressional race, there are all these people who come. Now, what they're really doing is cruising for a job after the yeah. election. But they're kind of hangers-on. They're kind of peripheral. You don't really pay attention to them. Papadopoulos must have had some kind of a degree in something or he'd worked somewhere. And they, so they go, yeah, let's stick him in foreign policy. I can promise you he was not integral to anything. And furthermore, he was one of 100 just like him. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem, but they allow him to go to Russia. No, and, no, he never went to Russia. Uh, yeah, I think it was the Papadopoulos who He did. said, I can set up meetings, and, and Sessions shouted him down in that meeting. He said, no, but we're here, not going to do but that. But, Dave, here's the problem with this whole Trump uh, organization. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't know. Oh, I, I you know, at the core, Bill, did you watch The Circus on the Showtime? Uh, no. The, no. It was actually a pretty good show. I didn't watch it every week. But election night I still have on my DVR because anytime I'm down, I can just go back and watch all those people at the Javits Center in New York as they figured out. that. And I will tell you that Spencer Stokes and I were the two people in Rich McKeon's life who said, watch out. Watch out. Well, no, I'll tell you. Trump I, may win this thing. I interviewed Spencer Stokes just before the election for this podcast. 
and we were talking about what was going on, and he said um, uh, it, it, everything would indicate, and I'm pretty sure Hillary Clinton will be the president. Uh, it's that at that time he and I sure. don't know how it was a month out or something. Yeah. He said, "No, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that's going to be the case. She will be the next president of the United States." It really is amazing that it didn't happen. But let me tell you this: I was watching it because I'm a junkie, and I was watching the RCP, you know, real clear, clear politics average, and watching every single day. And when people would ask me, and they do because I'm involved in politics, he, I had friends of mine who are much more simpatico with you than they are with me politically say, he can't win. Can't. I had a guy leave my house and call me from I the road. I think I called you, didn't I? And he can't. Did you? You may have. <laughs> I think probably. I did. I sure. think I gave you sure. the same speech I, I gave a, everybody. I think I called you and said, Dave, this is not looking good. Can he actually win this? And you said, yep. Yeah, he can. Mm-hmm. And the reason was I'm looking at the data. Number one, media polls are meaningless. They don't mean anything. Trust me on this. From now on, if you didn't know this in the last election, Mm -hmm. know it in the next one. They don't mean anything Mm -hmm. because you can't – they always oversample Democrats. Um, They do do one out of seven surveys, if they're doing a true random sample, come out of California. Mm -hmm. Well, we know where California is going. And again, it's an electoral college race. It's not a popular vote race. Should that change? No, but that's another issue. Let me keep going here. So so I'm looking at the data, and the two that I was watching closest was Investors Business Daily, who has had the best track in the, now the last five presidential elections, who showed the thing even, Hillary up two, Trump up one, even. So in other words, you could go out and do a random sample, and the other one was the L.A. Times, who was doing a very unorthodox uh, methodology, mm-hmm. which I was fascinated by, and I wanted to see how well it did. And they had Trump up most of the right. time. And they were absolutely laughed to scorn mm-hmm. because how in the world can you say that? Look at all these other polls. Well, they were, number one, tracking polls. They weren't snapshots done over a period of two nights, you know, once every two weeks. These were tracking polls. And uh, L.A. Times had uh, chosen a pool of, I think, 100,000 voters. And then they would randomly sample within them. And their, their only question was, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you to vote for Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, how, are, how likely are you to vote for Hillary Clinton? And that was their metric. And they were showing Trump up about three. So, again, both those polls were telling me that you could do a survey in which Trump was within the margin of sure. error. And then I'm looking at everybody else at 12, 14, all this yep. kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. what I knew was that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. What they're telling you is not true. I don't know what, and people, and you probably asked me, and I said, here's the thing. If what Trump needs to have happen is happening, you're not going to know it till election day because you can't pick it up in conventional data. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, I just, you know, I just did some, I hate to call it polling, it's more fun canvassing. Mm-hmm. But you build your list these days, I've done polls since then, and in, in, you build your list out of, Voter list now because we have so much data. Mm-hmm. I know it. I can go look and find out exactly how many times you voted in the last ten years, and which elections. So I screen is everybody that, else out. Why is that public information? It just is. Well, let's stop that. Well, no, it doesn't tell me <laughs> doesn't what your really, vote was. Yeah. Just tells. Although I can make certain assumptions by looking at your precinct, mm-hmm. and I can bet on yeah. how you voted. Yeah. 
Um, and and so uh, that's where you build your samples. These Derek days. Kitchen is my counsel. And if that's where you were building your sample, mm-hmm. then you were missing the people that were going to swing this thing for Trump. I'm curious as to your opinions on how we got to this point, though, that Donald Trump, that that the Republican Party was so inept or disorganized or whatever that they allowed this to happen because he you know, should I not, send he you should this not have been the candidate. I'm going to send you a clip from the circus. It happens at minute 43 in the final night when they did their last – I think they did one the next week to kind mm-hmm. of do a recap, but this was on election night. And Heileman and Halperin go over to the Javits Center, and slowly it dawns on them. And I knew that the bellwether was Pennsylvania. Oh, that was the other thing, Bill. I'm looking at the Senate races in Wisconsin, and I'm looking at the Senate race in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And they're telling me Hillary's up 14 in Pennsylvania. And wait a minute, Pat Toomey's down one. No, but, huh? but, what, I, but, but what I want to talk about is how, how Trump was even allowed – how the okay, Repu- well, how I'm they- sorry, I, I digress too much. But Heileman, there is about a, there's about a 40-second soliloquy by John Heileman where he sums that election up better than anybody has before or since. About how he got to that. About the hostile takeover of the, uh, the, because he said for the last 25 years, um, if we took a break, I could maybe find it on my phone, but, but it, for the last 25 years, about half this country – has you know we've all been doing fine, while their lives have sucked, mm-hmm. and the it's, he says the shit's going to come down on us because we didn't know that, and he says as a result, Donald Trump was able to engineer a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. He said Bernie Sanders came really close to engineering hostile takeover of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. and he says and the average voter out there and I can't quote him, but it, it's it, it is a priceless quote. He says, so the average voter says, we don't, we don't trust this guy. What, what did he say? It wasn't trust. We're not sure about this guy. But what we do know is doing the same thing over and over again that we've done for the last 25 years isn't going to work. So he said they took a stick of dynamite, dynamite and rolled it into Washington, yeah. D.C., and blow the fucker up. That's how – I think this is a good – so you think back on that, uh, the Republican primary campaigns, and you think back on all of those guys, uh, Jeb Bush particularly, um, uh, you know, all those other can- – uh, Rubio, uh, all those other people who were in there. Every single one of those guys came across as a typical Republican. Wouldn't every you say? one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. And that's why that's people were, and well, people no, were that's, ready for it. They're that's, sick that's of right. it. You will never – have you ever heard me defend George W. Bush? Uh, I No, I don't think so. I never have. No. My opinion, and this will get a little hackle from the you know the half dozen people who are listed. I hope it's more than that, but it's a few more for your for it, your it, sake. It'll be in my opinion. It'll we've just had we've just had the worst two back to back presidents in American history: he, George W. Bush and Barack Obama. I I, uh, I I don't well I don't know as I'd agree with that completely. I, I'm but. sure you wouldn't, but let me finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, after Obama won, and then in 2010, remember that that game changer election in 2010, Mm -hmm. the Tea Party. I said, we are now, both parties have screwed this country so bad. And I, you know, I I play on the Republican. The way I always say it is, I'm a Republican because on most days, 
they are slightly less heinous than the Democrats. <laughs> okay, that is my that is my true belief because mm-hmm. you can't categorize my politics. No, you can't. I I mean, you are a, you are a fisc- I would say I could categorize it. You are a fiscally re- uh, conservative Republican. But I would say on social issues, you tend Somewhat to be, libertarian. be pretty liberal or libertarian. Yeah. But let me let me ask, ask, say this just uh, about uh, George W. Bush. Interesting to me. And I've, we see this happen. Don't you think he's become more presidential since he's not the president? Well, they all do. I, isn't that weird? It's Mitt Romney started doing – like all these people, when they kind of get out of politics, a lot of times they – I guess they don't have the pressure to play by their political stu- – you know, you know the, well, walk remember, the political you, line, right? You, yeah. you very well remember the 1996 election <laughs> and our work on the Van Oker Group. Yeah, um, Bob Dole, one of the most engaging, charming, funny people in in Washington oh. D.C. history, and just came across so dour. And you know mean. what? I found out a friend of mine was very close to Bob Bennett. Bob Bennett was very close to Bob Dole, and Bennett said it's because Bob Dole has this image of who the president should be mm-hmm. and how the president comports himself. And all his charm and his humor and his irreverence was not appropriate for that mental image that he mm-hmm. had. Yeah, you know. And I've seen this so many times in politics. People have this mental image of what a yeah. congressman's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and Trump goes, and to, to, to his own detriment and probably to excess, he breaks that mold. Mm-hmm. But people were ready for it because in 2010, I said, we we are now screwed as a country and both parties have done it. And the real problems we face are completely intransigent and we can't solve them. We will therefore go into a series of two and four year change cycles where How? people will be mad and the guys who are in, they'll throw out and the guys who are out, they'll put in. So 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 and I think you're right. That'll happen. So uh, but you have said so you as you say, and I think it's true. Uh, uh, Donald Trump broke the mold of all of that, uh, and you know the that that establishment that we don't want that in Washington anymore. We want this guy. But as it went along, and it's gotten worse, he demonstrated his crassness, his buffoonery, uh, him him making fun of that uh, uh, disabled reporter. Uh, the grab him by the list, David. Yes, he, he did. did. There is no got doubt. To have a sense I've of humor. Seen, I don't have a sense of humor about him going. Oh, you know that reporter. Uh, he's going. Yeah. He's, he's, no, here's, he's the, here's the thing about it. There here's the thing about it. Other bites. Here's the thing about it. You don't get to decide if it's funny. The guy he made fun of was insulted. Mm-hmm. He but, gets to decide. But there if were several funny. other, it was other clips him. where he did that same thing and it wasn't about anybody with a disability. Well, now, if you're telling me Donald Trump's well, an asshole, yeah. stand in line. You think uh, I don't know that? Yeah, but so that but, but, but here's my question. Wait, wait, wait no, let me let me get assault. to my question. So so and then uh you know I could shoot somebody on 48th Street and they still uh grab him by the pussy comes out. Uh all of that stuff, it got worse and worse and worse the the, the more the more confident he became, he'd just say anything and do anything and get away with it still. Why, why didn't people at some point say, whoa, 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 we want to change things, but let's change things with someone who is smart. You can't. And cult- has a little bit They're of They're all the same, Bill. 
They're all the same. I'm going to take the posture of a factor, a former unemployed factory worker in Wisconsin. They're all the same. They're all the same. You're telling me Donald Trump's a crook? They're all crooks. They're all crooks. You're telling me he's an asshole? That's fine. He's my asshole. Why? Uh, yeah. I remember uh, Randy Newman has a song. Uh, and he sings about Lester Maddox. You remember Lester Maddox? He sure. Says, Lester Maddox may be a fool, but he's our fool. Exactly. But uh, uh, so, but so I, I it also, was a cry for help, and and I hate to use the term "wake up call." It was the American people saying we're we are mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. It's funny we, we were, were just, just talking, talking about, about that while you were in the it's other exa- room. It was a primal scream. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 so, but okay now. Why do these people, this 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 uh, base of America, that's uh, you know had it with uh, Washington establishment? There they've had, uh, you know they're they're not living well. They're they've been, they've lost their jobs to to uh, technology or the coal mine is cl- cut down or they're, globalization or globalization, and they're angry. They're frustrated. They don't know what to do, um, and and the Republican Party continues to pass and and enact policies that do not help them like well like this bullshit tax uh, overhaul that they're trying to put well through. no tax overhaul is going to be perfect mm-hmm. and certainly uh, there are things about this one I would change but it does need to be done and it's better than what we've got the sad part is that it's not the true overhaul that they did in 86 on a bipartisan basis no, it's not gonna it's gonna it's not because gonna I don't think we're people. capable of that anymore. I, there was a con- the congresswoman no, from I California congresswoman from California put it did perfectly. you see Orrin Hatch last she, night yeah, yeah he went off the rails didn't I'm going he? go Orrin yeah. so so let me this congresswoman said questioning the head he of the fiber. the budget committee <laughs> he's he's eating drinking his benefit uh anyway she says you know so so this new tax policy under the tax policy we have now if a teacher buys school supplies for his class or her class pencils you know paper all of that kind of stuff under our policy now you can deduct that as a business expense will the teacher be able to do that with this new tax policy no, no, they won't. We're, we're taking, we're phasing that out. That's going to go. All right. If a big corporation buys pencils and paper uh, for their workers and, and supplies for their workers, will they be able to deduct that? Well, yes, they will. Yeah. Well, it, that's what just that sums it up. It's a bullshit tax policy, and it's based on t- trickle down economics, which has been shown time and time again does not work. See, we just have different interpretation. It works great. The problem is no, spending never changes. It t- Revenues went to all time historic <sighs> highs under Ronald Reagan after the tax cut. That's just a fact. Now, did Congress? What did Congress do? Oh, good. This will give us a chance to live prudently and have a balanced budget. No. Let's spend it. Well, we got more but, money. Let's spend it. But and but but then also the people who got the tax breaks, the 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 uh, big corporations, they made more and more money, and that was great. They just didn't trickle it down. Hey, buddy, if they're smart, they're going to do some serious investment in this economy because this is like last a time. last go, bro. Mm-hmm. This is well, about it. Yeah. Look, the Democratic. Are, are you now? Are you crying doomsday right here? The 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 Democratic economic platform is. We're fine with the rich getting richer. We're fine with the hedge fund guys because they give us a lot of money. Sure. And I don't want to hear Obama's rhetoric. Look at what he did. Look at what he did for eight years. Look what happened. Well, now wait. I'm not done. Okay. 
And now what we're going to do is we're going to let them get richer. We don't really care about that. We're going to tax the hell out of them, and we're going to give everybody a welfare check. That's the Democratic economic platform. No, I, I and don't. And to me, there's just all kinds of problems with that. I disagree. And so Trump at least – I do understand Trump's nationalistic – economic argument. I do. My degrees in economics. I understand neoclassical economics. I understand the arguments, the intellectual arguments for free trade. Mm-hmm. If I'm a mobile home manufacturer in Indiana, I don't give a shit. All I know is my job went to Mexico. And so what, it, you know, this goes mm-hmm. really deep. At least Trump's making an effort. And that's what these people say about him. The, the corporate tax thing, Bill, the other problem with the Democratic Party is business has become evil. You okay. believe this. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I do. you guys. I do. Now, let me, let me say this about uh, Trump. As you ever a, get a job from let a me, poor person? Uh, let me. Oh, geez, Dave. That was Did you? That was a nasty thing to say. Did you? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. But let me, let me say this. You say at least Trump is making an effort. He's making hollow promises that have no meaning when he says let's bring back you know he's going to bring back coal and uh they put the Black miners back to work it's at gone. a 17 it's year done. low it's latino done. unemployment is at a two decade low it's done coal un- is done is it not oh coal's it's gone done. because of the market it, coal, coal is gone because it is it is not the coal's not the gone it's being burnt by the by the bushel over in china it's not going to be for long they're they're getting they're rid of it. They're building a new plant they're every getting, week. No, they're getting rid of it. They're getting rid of it. <laughs> you, they you are so wrong. I mean, I you're just well, I'll look you're in, completely wrong. But I'll look into it. But they they have t- looked around. The the Chinese have looked around and said, "Well, we've done very well economically here. We're doing extremely well." But the cost has been this horrible pollution, which is mostly caused by coal fired plants, and they're they're dealing with that. That in the cities, I imagine they are probably trying to do something about it. But you have to understand the growth. I I don't think we can even comprehend the growth but of let China. Me, let me talk talk to. Oh, that's what I've heard. I, yeah. uh, people who've been there, two hundred cities I, of over a million that were there ten years I, ago. I, this is an interesting thing. I talked to a guy who you probably know, but I won't mention his name. Just and, and his son was been studying in China, and he uh, went there to visit his son, and he came back and said, "Holy macro." This is the future. China is what the, is the future. It is it is amazing what they do. Uh, technology is is so advanced there, and and he said people are living a pretty pretty good lives for for, for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Is China what is China's? Are they socialist? What are they? Communist. Com- you know, they're kind of a hybrid uh, communism with benefits, I guess. Maybe, right, because yeah. it's not like because isn't true communism kind of just. No. Everybody is on a. No, they've they've legalized some capitalism mm-hmm. and they've allowed some thing the market free, to a little bit a little bit of tr- free trade and it's worked well for them. But the the elite uh, Deng Xiaoping is that who is the, no, the Xi Xi yeah he is uh, a very he's a he's a traditional strongman guy and he's consolidating his power and he's going to be you know he's the supreme ruler and what he says goes and don't mess with him you know. well and you have to understand i think and i don't by the way i'm not claiming any expertise but i have to uh, well, rich our friend rich mckeon mm-hmm. was the lead on a lot of the negotiations back when they were at hhs on the food safety remember when that was go- all going on how, how, 
uh, fish, farm-grown fish oh, and yeah. stuff like mm-hmm. that. And we were saying, you've got to adhere to our standards. And he was the lead on a lot of those negotiations. You'd have 100 people in a room. And the observation that he had outside those conferences was the leadership in China is scared to death. They have a tiger by the tail. Mm-hmm. And they've got a population where some people are doing quite well. And if they don't get everybody else somewhat to some level yeah. of par, they, they understand that they're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And they value order over freedom. They yeah. just do. Yeah. And cohesiveness. And that's, yeah. and that's for centuries. That's yeah, yeah. Like. This is in the culture. This yeah. isn't anything new or due to the politics. It's mm-hmm. more of a, a, a cultural uh, mindset. And and so it's a very interesting problem mm-hmm. what what China's doing. Can yeah, I ask you a question? Certainly. Just something I th- I think about a lot that I don't have. I mean, uh, so we see European countries are have been trending towards socialist stuff, Bernie Sanders stuff, sure, right? Uh, medical care stuff, all that stuff. Um, and we see then there's this push in America that seems to be people rejecting that and wanting it right you have trump and bernie sanders absolutely wouldn't just looking at and sometimes within the same person by <laughs> right. the way oh uh, <laughs> sure yeah uh so wouldn't just kind of looking at this chessboard and or looking at this field and like everybody else is gravitating one way in terms of other countries like ours european countries wouldn't wouldn't it be reasonable that Logical. just standing back that we are going to follow that trend or what? Or what do you think is different about I hope America? Not, but I'll be gone. I mean, this is you know, it's interesting. My sister's <laughs> uh, my sister's ten years older than I am. She's conservative, and it, this was very built. This was one of the things during the race, and I'll try not to digress too far. But here's my uh, lovely LDS retired school teacher sister mm-hmm. in Lehigh, mm-hmm. and and uh, I love her dearly, and she's conservative. She's a Republican, and she was viciously pro-Trump. Mm. And after that tape came out that you just mentioned, the, the Access the, Hollywood. Grab him by the pussy. I called her and I said, so what are you thinking? And she said, David, he is not a hypocrite. And the rest of those guys are. And now look at what's happening in Washington, D.C. She said he's never claimed to be something he's not. And she was absolutely as ferociously pro-Trump after that tape as she was before. Now, my wife was a different story. She was very offended by that. It was very troubling to her. Uh, so it affected different people different ways. Now, where were we? We were talking uh, about America following socialism. Europe. Oh, on the socialism. Uh, uh, Ruben, I think. My uh, sister says, you know what? This is not going to be my country. I'm going to be gone. These kids, the millennials, they're going to have to decide how mm-hmm. they want to live. Yeah. And it's up to them. And it, it's, I'm not going to be here. To, you know. So these things play out over a longer time. I, here's, the, here's the interesting thing that I've been thinking about lately. French Revolution. Do you remember what the motto was? Uh, Let them eternite, eat cake. <laughs> oh. Egalite, okay. liberté, yeah. whatever it yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so liberty and equality. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought of the fact that and those two things, those two things, liberty and equality, work in opposition to one another? You cannot have equality and have a completely free society. No, you can't. You cannot have a completely free society. And have equality, but, but you, mm-hmm. but you think of, of them as, as in the, being in the same bucket, and they're not. But you're, think, you're thinking of them as just these these broad uh, absolutes. In that case, you know, liberty doesn't mean that you can just do anything you want. No, of course not. But it does mean free market. It does mean I'm I'm 
I'm free to prosper. I'm, I'm free, free to express myself. I'm free to express myself. And right now, I would say the tension between the two major parties are, are several, but one is the drive towards equality versus the tr- the drive to retain liberty. And you can't have the two can't coexist completely at, at full levels. Well, and, and maybe and that's good. That's interesting. That's a good thing. Yeah, I like, let, me, let me to social. Yeah, we're getting close just, to. Just and my hour. value is freedom. Yeah, just let me say one thing about socialized medicine and uh, and and Barack Obama. You know, you you think such an awful president. I, I would agree with you in that he was somehow not able to. Uh, I don't know why, but not able to do the things that he really wanted to do. He was unable. He was unsuccessful in implementing policies that he thought were important. Oh, yeah. I mean, with the with the with the Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, that was such a, a screwed up compromise. It's the worst of every but he world. Was, I know, he kept trying to get. He he wanted to to be more of a Medicare situation. Uh, and and he was, I think he was pushing towards single payer health care, which I'm for. But that, that's another argument. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't get it through. And I don't know if it was the force of, you know, he just didn't have the right people working for him or whatever. Uh, but but I think uh, I think it was Ruben. I forget his first name. I heard him speaking one time uh, after the Obama was out, and he said, uh, it, "It'll happen." It's inevitable. It, we will one day in this country have single-payer health care. But uh, n- now I want to ask you what, because we're going to have to wrap up, on the, on the uh, biggest le- – on the, t- on the uh, big picture level, what, ha- what is going to happen? Do you have – can you see into the future a little bit? I mean, I have the feeling that the Republican Party – has just about had it. Oh, so have the Democrats. Uh, and maybe. I don't say that in a partisan way. But so then yeah. what will happen? I mean, I think maybe, I think maybe you're right. There's I, nobody. What, is there somebody out there in the Democratic Party you can see that could be not. a leader? I don't see anybody. Absolutely not. Whenever somebody says Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, no. I go, oh, nope. the future of the Democratic no. Party. No, nope. no, no, not, no, I don't think so. You know, I will say the Republicans have a deeper bench and they have a whole lot more state legislatures and governors, at least right now. Somebody um, who could come out that we don't really yeah. recognize yeah. right now. I think there's a talent pool out there. Mm. But uh, I will tell you this. I honest, I was talking about this with a, a, a very well-informed friend of mine the other day. We're not in 1862, but we might be well in 1857, 1858. Uh, yeah, I've heard this said. That, that we are really at that point. Th- there might be a uh, – we're, we're kind of dividing into our own little camps and there could and be – And I wish to hell people would kind of back off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's just really sad. I mean I still think the majority of America is a right-of-center country, um, probably lib- more liberal, more forgiving on social issues, mm-hmm. probably more fiscally conservative. But even then – we're hypocritical, and I'll say we, because we all want our better. I, I, I always say, and I've said this to Jason Chaffetz, I've said it to others who are in power, you do know we're never going to fix this debt thing, don't you? Yeah, I, it will take a collapse. I mean, it's not. we're not ever true. going to fix it. And the greatest moment in 2010 was at a town meeting, and there's some Republican congressman getting screamed at, and there's this uh, 70-year-old Vietnam vet with his VFW hat on and his, uh, and his buttons, and mm-hmm. I mean, the veins bulging out on his neck, and, he's, and he says, keep your government hands off my Medicare. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, there that, you go. Yeah. 
Uh, and I don't. A, I you know what with I with all it, due respect to that guy, that sums it up. It does, yeah. and you know what I think it's going to take, and and this sounds kind of real idealistic of me, but I, I think, it, and I think it may happen that we it's going to take a leader to come along, some person that we don't know about yet, who will be a uniting force in this country. I, I wish I could share your view. I, I hope you're right. I mean, I think it has to happen or we're screwed. I think there we'll find to, alien life that will unite us first. There has there to go. be. I'm not, it's not a joke. There's got to be somebody out there who is who knows who is dynamic and personable, like Barack Obama was, you have to admit. Oh, absolutely. Very dynamic, very yeah. personable, and has the skill to not to unite people and to I think that's what it takes. I'll tell you what. If Trump had those qualities, you, y'all would be in trouble because the interesting dichotomy is if you tested Obama's policies, they were never in very high favor. When you tested Obama, people liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you test Trump, they don't like him. But if you test his policies, they test very well. So if those two things ever come together, you know, it'll yeah. still be you know a right center country. Who? Oprah. Going to yeah. be Oprah. I think we're just going to have movie stars as presidents from now on. Um, so I'm going to count from three, two, one, and then I just want us each to say how many more years Trump will be in office. Prediction. Uh, oh, well, I, I would I three. Worry. No, I'm just say at the same time. Three, two, one. Seven. seven. He'll be out by August. Nope. Seven more years. You know, Bill, I'm not normally a betting man, but... Uh, I think he'll be out by August. I already will win 100 bucks uh, uh, here here's, December want, 31st. He will be out by August, and here's what's going to happen. Uh, Robert Mueller's investigation will get tighter and tighter. It'll start focusing on members of his family. And Mr. Trump will say, "For the, to protect my family. On what, though? On what charges? I'm being— Collusion? Uh, there is no charge of collusion. There's no such thing. There isn't a statute. There isn't any federal law. Treason. There's nothing called treason. collusion. Well, they'll fi- they'll we're not something. even close to treason. I'm, I'm telling you, he's gonna. He will resign. But it'll be so PR there, for him. I, it I, won't even need to be real. I action. have to, res- I have to oh, resign. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to resign. They're forcing me out. I have to protect my family. I'll tell you what, Bill. That moves us to 1860. It may, but that's... Anybody who thinks you could just force Trump out and there's not going to be an office of equal reaction... It would be ugly. They have... I've said this to several people. What do they think is going to happen? Well, here's what would happen. That dynamo, Mike Pence, (laughs) would step up (laughs) with mother. (laughs) With mother and uh, his wife, mother. He's a decent man. I suppose. All right, Dave Owen, I, I really love talking to you. It's because we can argue and um, disagree. But I'm so sad that that's being lost, Bill. Yeah, yeah I'm so sad that that's being lost. Yeah. I know we used to do it a lot more, and it's and we and we I, can, but yeah. not very many people can. Oh, you mean just be able to have this kind of argument and still like each I other? I do and, not hate you because of your political beliefs. Yeah. He has other reasons that he hates you. Well, no, and no. we're going to go into <laughs> the greatest line ever on, on <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David's line at a movie, and he says something about Jews, and this guy turns to him and he says, you're just another self-hating Jew, and Larry David just brings himself up to his full height, and he says, listen, buddy, I may hate myself, but it has nothing to do with being a Jew. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe the best so line good. ever, no. ever. Oh, it's even the good this year. season. Uh, our guest, Dave Owen, political consultant, and um, uh, you can, uh, uh, you know, if uh, would you advise anybody to get into that job? And if you want them, oh, it's so funny. People ask me, "Well, how'd you do that?" And mm-hmm. I just go, "I have no idea," and I did it. I mean, people sometimes might want to do it, study economics, study political science. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if you're yeah. if you're a uh, younger, get involved. I yeah. mean, I've always said that. You've heard me say that for mm-hmm. years, yeah. and mm-hmm. I say it to either side. You yeah. know, anybody. That, if I, I I've told my kids. I mean, oh, by the way, my son is who works now, for. He is now the editor, the editor of the news desk at the New York Times. Um, That's great. Uh, you know, I I probably I, I look at his work every day. Yep, yep. probably. And uh, I've always said to my kids, go get involved. They need people. You mean the failing fake news the failing, New York Times? I tell them, son, you're at the pinnacle of fake news. And I said, and it's extraordinarily well written. It's it's interesting that the New York Times, with all of that, has had a had a had a real resurgence because of Donald Trump saying that. No, kind no, of pub- stuff. Or, oh, no sure. publicity is bad publicity. No, I and then, it was John uh, I regret that we haven't gotten to some things that I would love to have talked about, but thank you. We'll for have you back. Me. We'll do it again. We'll do it we again. Can, we can have an Owen. Dave Owen, our guest, uh, Owen Communications is his uh, business. If you want to look it up and, and uh, get him to uh, politically consult for you, you can do that. <laughs> oh, good luck. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, that's uh, Thank you, Dylan, for producing the show. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm Bill Allred. Uh, That's the Let's Go Eat show. And remember, oh, yeah, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network.